0: Tavaris Williams, or they call me T.L. Williams. Company name is Crowd Wall Street. This, this, is, this, this, is, this is diversified. diversified.
1: Game, 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 game game.
0: A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may
1: agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas.
0: So let the game begin.
1: Hey, it's Kellen, and today on Diversified Game, I have T.L. Williams, and he's going to tell us why he has something for all of us to get on board with Crowd Wall Street crowd wall street you guys the links will be in the description but take a listen and learn and see how you can go to the next level brother welcome to the show how are you doing
0: hey i'm doing good thanks for having me
1: man thank you for coming on man and and thank you really for you know just giving the game and you know this new business that you're doing is something that it's for the community so please let the people know all about crowd wall street
0: so Crowd, Crowd Wall Street is a, is a black owned crowdfunding platform for my primarily for minorities and black founders and entrepreneurs. And so the platform is built around providing access to capital and resources to help startups scale and grow their companies. But it also helps minority investors and the average person to be able to become investors and learn how to invest in startups. So when you look at the past of. Uh, the private markets, when we look at companies like Facebook, Lyft, Uber, Amazon, all of these companies started from a startup stage where they were seeking funding from wealthy investors. And because of that, many of minorities and black entrepreneurs or black investors never had the opportunity to participate in that private market up until the Jobs Act that Obama passed. And now because he passed the Jobs Act, crowdfunding came in the picture, and now it gave everybody the ability to invest in startups and also give them access to capital via through crowdfunding.
1: Okay. And talk about even some of those limitations beforehand, because some people will say, you know, why couldn't you guys just invest? Even folks, you know, who might've been born in privilege are folks who might've been born in poverty, not understanding that there are, you know, laws on the books and, to get involved in certain investments, you had to be a sophisticated investor or a qualified investor. You- I got it. So pretty much like I was saying okay. before, it,
0: it's, it's understandable. And what happened is when we are talking about 90, 95% of businesses fail within the first couple of years, a chunk of that percentage is, is, talking about like startups. So there's a difference between small businesses and startups. And what happened is you have these entrepreneurs and founders who have these great ideas, but they try to bring it to market. And sometimes it doesn't work out, which is why these businesses fail. And so what happens is these startups that have these bright ideas, they need funding. And then when they seek funding, they have to either get a bank loan or use their credit card. But in most places, they go and seek out wealthy investors or what's called accredited investors. And so accredited investors is someone that's have a net worth of a million dollars minus their home, and have an income of two hundred thousand dollars a year, and if married, three hundred thousand dollars a year. And so, the average person in the black community don't have a million dollar net worth. Uh, house is not, you know, a factor in the place, and don't bring in two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year. So they're automatically um, cut out. And so, because of that, it's a high risk investing in startups. And because of that, they didn't want the risk of the minorities to risk their last dollar on a startup that can possibly fail within the first two years and then someone put their life savings into a business venture that doesn't work out. And so fast forward, when crowdfunding came into the picture, it was regulated by the SEC where now the average person who probably worked at Walmart or Wendy's can still participate and learn how to invest in startups via through crowdfunding where they're limited to how much they can invest. So based on your income that you bring in your household, that kind of determines how much you can invest in a startup or a real estate project or any alternative investment, be it through crowdfunding.
1: You know, the first question, folks, when you talk about somebody working, you know, maybe minimum wage and being able to invest, they really have to educate themselves. But the first question they may ask and say, well, you know, I'm already just making it. Is this free? 99? Or what will it cost me?
0: Well, to invest, whatever you put up, you know, whatever you invest your money. So investing on crowdfunding is completely, there's no additional fees or anything. It's just, if you you can invest as little as $100 into an equity crowdfunding platform, or if you plan on, you know, backing a company up from a reward-based standpoint, you can back a company with, a, with as little as $25. So I would say, think of it like having, you know, somewhat like a demo account when you're trading stocks, when you're just really trying to, you know, test the waters and get a feel of how it is to invest. You can always start off with reward based, find a couple of companies that you like, you know, back a company up with a little ass twenty five dollars or five dollars and just start learning the process. So it's not really asking you to invest a thousand to five thousand to ten thousand dollars it's really putting you in debt or putting you in a hole um you can start off as little as a hundred dollars as an investor.
1: Okay, so crowdfund Wall Street, they won't take a percentage. If I put a hundred dollars in and a <laughs> thousand, I don't have to share any of that with Crowd Wall Street.
0: So the way the way crowdfunding works and primarily crowd wall street is our fee comes from the entrepreneur side, the the person who's actually raising the capital, not from the actual investors. And so most crowdfunding platforms, when you're when they don't, like, for, for example, you have reward base then you have, like, equity base. So reward base is like, you know, you're getting incentivized for backing this company up because you believe in this company idea. You believe in the future of this company. and You want to help support. We call that, like, the family and friends round. And all of us go through it when we're trying to start a business. We want to get support from our family, our friends, our community. And, you know, you're not giving up equity of your company, but you're getting support. And so with, with reward-based crowdfunding, that's where that come into play, where you having that exposure of this great idea, this great product that you're trying to trying to launch, and you're looking to raise capital via through crowdfunding to help take your company to the next level. So from an investor or a backer standpoint, there's no additional cost to that. However, from an entrepreneur or founder standpoint who's raising capital as far as Crowd Wall Street, when it comes to reward-based, there's no fee no upfront fee to raise capital on our platform. So you can come on our platform, test the waters, try to find product market fit and raise capital. The way Crowd Wall Street work is, our success is your success, right? And your success is our success. So you have what's called minimum and maximum goal. So we'll do a, a consultation with you to see what it is that you need, what how much capital you need to raise. And so let's just say, for example, a founder come on and say, hey, I need to raise at least $30,000, right? That's their minimum goal. Once they meet their goal, Crowd Wall Street get paid on the back end. So if they meet their $30,000 goal or $40,000 goal or more, we take 5% on the back end. If they do not reach their goal, if they goal was 30000 but they end up raising 10000 we don't take a fee. No one gets paid all the money to go back to their backer because they didn't reach their goal.
1: Okay, and now let's get to the other side of it. Man, I got a great idea for a business. It's going to change the world. Everybody needs it. It's going to be bigger than Facebook. But I ain't got no money. You know you've heard this. Right. How does someone then bring an idea to you to say, hey, I want to be a part of this to raise money, and what are the requirements for that?
0: So the first thing we will always recommend, we'll get, we have a, a a handful of advisors. We have advisors that will help take your idea to profitability. That will help you create a pitch deck, teach you how to pitch investors, teach you how to pitch um, backers, setting up a campaign. So we have a list of advisors that will help you from point A to point B at a reasonable cost. Um, outside of that, there are different alternatives and tools that they can use that's cost effective that'll help you get on our campaign to raise capital. One of our requirements, um, far, far as raising capital on our platform, is we want that person to have some form of mock-up or prototype before launching on our campaign. And the reason for that is to help that founder or entrepreneur out. Because like you said, I can have the best idea in my head, but people are more visual. If I'm able to see what it looks like, it don't have to be full function. It don't have to be already oper- operating. But if it's something that you can physically show, where I can have a visual, where you can paint that picture, that's where your pitch deck, that's where your, your pitching comes into place, where you have to sell the story. What problem are you solving? If you're able to articulate that and, and, uh, and put that in perspective where now someone who's looking at your campaign can visually see what you're trying to do and believe in what you're doing, then you can come on our campaign, and then we'll go over a pre-launch. But we teach you guys, you know, how to launch your campaign before you actually launch the campaign, because there's a lot of work behind. And that's really why we built that crowd Wall Street University, because we feel like a lot of, of our people are still uneducated about how crowdfunding works. Many people think that, hey, this is a crowdfunding platform. I'm going to go ahead and create an account, put my business up there and say exactly what you just said. Hey, I have this idea. Back me up. It don't work like that. There's work behind it, there's work before it, and there's work during the process of doing it. And that's why we built out, uh, building out our universities to start educating our people more on that.
1: And talk about the university because, you know, unfortunately when you try to, you know, help the community folks have been beaten up so bad self-esteem so low you know their mother father told them they weren't nothing if they had one so then you say here's a university to learn more and the people will say well how much is the university i told you i don't have any money tl
0: right right (laughs) so good question so Outside of, of, of Crowd Wall Street University, um, we have a Facebook group, and we also have a Facebook page and social media and Instagram, and we also have a YouTube channel. So there's a lot of content that we're providing that we're uploading on all these social media platforms that you can learn from. Um, me and my co-founder and also Shante, our managing partner, we do live videos. We do live trainings um, on all our social media platforms. So there's going to be a ton of information for free. The Crowdwasher University is free. Like, you can go on our website, click on Crowdwasher University, and you can learn as much as you want to learn. We're going to be updating content weekly on there where you can learn. However, we are going to launch Crowdwall Street 2.0, which would be a membership fee, but that's still in the works. I can't really speak about it. But as of now, you can go on crowdwallstreet.com. Look up Crowdwasher University, and there's information on there where you can actually learn as a founder and you can learn as an investor on crowdfunding. And so we are really building out our university to start teaching our people about the private markets. Many of us, again, like we were saying at the beginning of this conversation, we are unaware of the private market and understand how it works. We know about the stock market, which is a public market. So when you look at the, the funding cycle of like companies like Uber or Tesla, all of these companies went through a funding cycle. It started off as a pre-seed, seed seed stage, all the way up until they go public. So what we don't realize is all of us talk about stocks and buying stocks, but what we're doing we're getting the crumbs of the investments of these companies because when these companies go public, we then come in and invest in these companies. And when we're investing in these companies, when these companies go public, all the wealthy investors, the angels, the VCs, they're cashing out. They're becoming millionaires and making six figures off of a company going public, and we're just not getting in the game. So what we're doing is, when crowdfunding came out, it really favored entrepreneurs. It really favored founders of raising capital. But when you look at the statistics, you will see that only 1% of black founders really get VC funding. And because of that is, when you look at the VC firms that's out here in, to- in, in total, it's occupied by white males. So, of course, if you have white males occupying that VC space and they're the ones that hold the checks, it, it makes sense why black founders don't get the, the proper funding that they need. So we came in with like, OK, cool. Not only do we want to help entrepreneurs and founders to get access to, to capital, but how can we mold and educate our people to become investors? So we felt like crowdfunding would be a great gateway to start molding our people to learning how to invest in startups, because now we can start creating our own funds where we can pool our money together and make big investments into our own black businesses. And that's really where we're coming from, a twofold type crowdfunding um, platform.
1: And so when you guys created this, um, were there any, um, you know, angels or any venture capitals? Anybody to back you, um, because, you know, I know you're a consultant in your real life, but a lot of times um, people lead with, and I'm so happy I haven't heard that, um, they lead with, oh, we're backed by X, Y, and Z capital, or I went to, you know, Harvard, because I did, I, I did, I went to Harvard, I went to the Harvard of the South, my wife did too, Grambling State University, and, you know, what? when I lived in Massachusetts, I said, man, the only difference is exposure to certain things. But with the internet, you can create that. So like when you guys started right. this. Did you have to go get that, you know, that big person to kind of say, this is what we can do? Or did you guys just create it and just kind of, you know, getting it out of the dirt and mud?
0: Like like, like my co-founder say, Jansky, we're getting it off the mud. Like literally getting it off the mud. And the story behind that is, like you said, I've been consulting, working with, with small businesses for the past five, six years, um, also helping out with finances and working in source emerging mergers and acquisition deals. And in the process of me kind of, say, elevating my game and trying to move it to a different market, I was in the process of starting my own um, venture capital firm because of what I just disclosed with you far as the statistics. So I felt like we need more black VCs in the arena where we can start funding our black businesses. However, I realized that it could be difficult tapping into that space because what people don't realize is when you're looking at VC firms, the face of these VC firms, they're not the individuals with the money. They're managing other people's money, which is the wealthy or accredited investors. So they have investors that trust them with their money to invest in startups. And then that's why these VCs, they look for like hyper growth companies that's looking to have a, some form of liquidity event, right? And so I realized, okay, cool. I don't have quote unquote on paper experience on managing wealthy people' money and making the right decision and investing in uh in startups. And my found my my co-founder Jamsky, he was in the process of starting his own private equity firm. So me and him connected on LinkedIn. He's in L.A. right now, but when we had our conversation, we realized, hey. We from the same neighborhood, we went to the same school. We have a lot of mutual friends. So from there, it like kind of kicked off. And so we was like, okay, cool. We know it's gonna be difficult tapping into this space because it's occupied by white males. So we understand it's gonna be hard. So after brainstorming and thinking, I also myself in the past invested in a couple of crowdfunding companies. So I'm like, you know what? Let's start our own crowdfunding platform. And I felt like it was gonna be an easier way to tap into the private market and where now, eventually, the long-term goal is for us to start our own fund and us to get into merger acquisitions. And so that's how that came about. So we, since then, like, we launched, we started the company in August, but we really didn't start pushing it until January. Like, and that's how we brought Shante on board. We had our uh, our meeting. December came up with a game plan in January. We launched. But I could tell you this, we haven't asked for any additional funding like for like VCs or private equity firms. like we've been really bootstrapping and getting out of mud because we understand how the process works. We want to start gaining traction and so that you know people love what we're doing and people backing what we're doing. So if we decide to get VC funding down the road, the proof is in
1: the pudding. Man, that's beautiful. Now we got to get into the fun stuff. Because the fun stuff for me, when I went to the website, I saw you guys had advisors all the way from South Africa, Sabona, South Africa. My Tulsa listeners, I tell you, I'll get to you guys next time. But that that Zulu is how I like to greet folks when I'm I'm there. So, you know, get let's talk about why advisors from South Africa. How? Because I feel like there's an African play in this.
0: Right. It it, it definitely is. So even though we pride ourselves to be the first Miami-based crowdfunding platform, uh, we are not limited to just Miami residents. We want to take our company global. And so what happened was we understand the, the benefits and the resources that Africa have. And also the same challenges that we're facing here in the US, it's the same challenges they're facing in Africa, primarily South Africa, Nigeria, and and Ghana. And so how this ended up coming about is we was on a event, and I believe that's how I met Shantae as well. There was an event that was going on that's talking about the opportunities um, that's going on in Africa right right now, especially when it comes to, to entrepreneurs, startups, and technology. And so, they always trying to be – it was always – uh, uh, people were trying to find a way on how to create that bridge where investors here in the U.S. is able to invest in Africa and vice versa, whereas more structure ones getting crossed over or any, you know, illegal activity or things going on to that nature. And so far as us networking and things to that nature, we end up connecting with Shami. Shami is the, the marketing director of our advisory over there in South Africa. And the moment we connected with her, it's like everything just fell in place. She already had a team together. We worked out a partnership. And now the way the process works is the same way it works so far as having advisors, they will have their own incubator in South Africa where they're taking those companies from ideal stage to actually launching on our crowdfunding platform and raising capital. And what that does is that also like for the team, for the entrepreneurs in Africa, not only will they have access of raising capital from their own peers in South Africa. But now those that's here in the US, we have the opportunity to invest in African startups and African technologies that's also in Africa where I believe in our bathroom um, toilet seat, right? We can go right on our computer, start investing in technology and business ventures in Africa. And taking a step further, once we launch our real estate offering, the same thing goes for real estate because there's a lot of land and a lot of development that's going on in Africa as well. And so the average person can't go and get on the plane and fly to Africa and start that investment deals. They can run our platform and invest in condominiums, um, high-rise buildings, um, farmland, whatever you name it, they can invest right from the comfort of their home. And so with our platform, it provides a, 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 a structure and a more, you know, safe haven for individuals to invest in projects in Africa as Those in Africa have the opportunity to invest in U.S. bills as well.
1: I love it. I love it. Have you had a chance yet to visit the continent? Nope. That is the plan. All right, all right. So, plenty to come. And, you know, when you visit, maybe Crowd Wall Street will do and bring the whole, you know, their members and their students and and the team as well, because that would be beautiful. So, people can really touch and see. The only thing you'd have to worry about. That's the plan. Yeah. Only thing you have to worry about, TL, is you got to, some folks, they're going to file asylum when they get there and they see what they've been missing out on. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's all well. It's all well. Yeah.
1: So, so the whole interview, you've kind of answered this question, but I asked yes, this question, and I say, with all the success that you have had and that you're going to have yet to come, what is a community give back that you are doing or that you want to do in the future? Well,
0: we have some plans, especially here in Miami because it's like what we pride ourselves on. And so we're, we're really going to be giving back to the youth. There's a lot of things that we have um, in the works of things that we want to do, not only here in Miami, but expand across the world, start giving back to the youth because they are the future. And if we, we feel like if we start cultivating our youth and not only teaching them about football or basketball or sports, but also educating them more on investments and how to become an investor, how to become a hedge fund manager, how to start your own private equity firm. Because these this is where really the wealth is built at. When you look at sports, you have about 20, 30 players that start off with optimists, go up to high school, and maybe two or three make it to the NFL. And we just had a conversation with a um, retired NFL player who's going to utilize our platform as well. And, you know, he can, you know, admit it, like, a lot of these, a lot of our black kids, they grow up with thinking that sports is their ticket out, and very few make it out. And then their life is built around sports. Where if they don't make it to the NBA, if they don't make it to the NFL, they end up going into the streets because they feel like there's nothing else out there. Their whole life was dependent on football, and so we want to bring in that alternative and let them know, hey, there's an option. You can still pursue to play football and try to make it to the NFL, but have a backup plan. Study, start studying how to become an investor. Start studying real estate. Start studying how to invest in businesses. Understand mergers and acquisitions. We want to bring that alternative to our youth so they can know, hey, learn coding, because that's the future. Technology is here to stay. Learn how to code so if football don't work out or if you are playing football and end up getting hurt and miss out on your whole career, you have something to fall back on. So the youth is really... Our, um our way of giving back and start creating incubators for our youth and start teaching them about these things.
1: I love it. I love it. And I love it that it's in South Florida and that, you guys, the way I heard these men talking even on the phone even now they they know what to do with their money it's not i'm leading with and i made x amount of dollars for so and so or that we're managing so you know that we're bigger than life you know because that's what age we're in right now where everybody's so grandiose and everybody's perfect and right now you would be in the rafe, right now you know i don't even know if i'm saying it right because (laughs) i have I, I I haven't been in one, so I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have the stars glistening. It's like, but at the same time, you're willing to not just make an impact for you and your family, but for everybody else. And when this whole thing is over with, that's what you'll be remembered by how you impacted a whole community. And that's a beautiful thing. So with that game, you guys, I want you to check in the description box. Look at crowdwallstreet.com. There's more to come. I could talk to TL all day, but guess what? I'm not gonna do it on air because some things have to be said in private. So we can then bring it to you. Thank you, brother, for coming on. Now I appreciate you for having me, man. This is a pleasure.